everyone, and welcome to the second podcast with Jackson Rams Baseball. I'm Sam Dwyer. I'll be your host today, along with George Loxercant for The Color. We're going to be recapping the MLB Home Run Derby, the All-Star Game, going into a few trades that have already happened, including Manny Machado and Brad Hand, among a few others, and then look at a few other trades that we might talk about or potential team needs or things we see coming down the pipeline. So thanks for joining us. When we get into it right here, let's just, just uh, George, let's see first thoughts about the All-Star game. Did you like it? Uh, it's been a few years since they started the new format, switched to the four-minute timer. think that's really starting to pay off for them now. Um, yeah, I like the – I know during the uh, Home Run Derby we were talking a little bit about the, the format and stuff. Um, what, how long ago was that that they implemented that? You know, it's a good question. I think it was, you know, we can fact check this here, but I believe it was 2013, 14. Wasn't maybe it the it was, year that Todd Frazier won it in Cincinnati? I thought that was the first year, uh, maybe. Let me pull it up. But while I'm looking that up, do you want to say thoughts about Bryce Harper winning? I mean, I thought it was a great derby, and I'm not surprised because he's my pick to win. But I thought I thought it was a good derby. Um, it was really fun. Um, one thing that I kind of took from it was that I feel like some of the players didn't try very hard, um, just due to the fact that it is. Um, like Jesus Aguilar, I mean, he was leading the league in home. He wasn't leading the league, but he was really high up there in the home run totals. Um, and I feel like he just didn't really give an like that much of an effort. Um, I like obviously I know that Logan, who isn't on the podcast today, um, made his pick to. Um, for Aguilar to be the winner. Um, I thought that Harper, it was great for him to win just because he uh, he's from, or he plays for the Nationals, obviously. Um, and it was a big, I think, almost like a confidence booster for him moving on in the rest of the season and for the fans, kind of give them a jolt because the Nationals have struggled this year. Um with the form, with the four-minute format, I think it's a lot more fun to watch. It's a lot more entertaining because you don't have a lot of pitches that are being taken. I remember, like, when I first started watching home run derbies, it was I would get bored because of uh, people would just take pitches all the time and not uh, swing. But with the four-minute timeout, it gives you pressure to swing at every pitch that's thrown. Um, I thought there's a. I feel like the home run derby is kind of like a good stage for like newcomers to make their mark. Um, I know like when Jonas Cespedes won, he wasn't a very big name. Uh, Mike Muncy now is going to, I mean, he, he's having a great season, uh, rookie of the year candidate. Um, but he did, had a really good performance. Um, I don't know. I thought it was really good. Um, do you have that answer yet, Sam? Yeah, 2014, right? That's when Todd Frazier won in Cincy, so his ballpark at the time. Yeah. And also saw a nugget. That was in 2013 was at target field and that was the last of the old format todd frazier was runner up and then 2014 todd frazier won it when he was in Cincy. was that the year that uh yasiel puig swung and missed yeah i think that might have been he had like one home run maybe oh yeah that was a ter- that was a bad home run derby 
terrible. Yeah, it wasn't the best. Uh, but yeah, they were still learning the, the new format. But yeah, I mean, baseball fan or not, I feel like it was very enjoyable uh, the other night for the home run derby. Like, it was just, it was fun. I mean, any athlete, whether you play baseball or not, can appreciate someone putting a great amount of effort. I mean, hitting a home run is not easy. I know you and I are not pros. Maybe some pros think hitting home runs is easy. I mean, maybe. But to swing consecutively for four minutes is like, imagine taking a round of BP for four minutes when you're trying to hit every single ball out of a ballpark. Oh, yeah. That's, that's, it's incredibly hard. Right. So, like, that just shows how impressive some of these baseball players are. And, like, so, I mean, they're stars. I mean, they're, I mean, we know it's not the biggest, not every name in the home run derby was a big name. But for all of us baseball fans, and we knew everyone that was participating, even for someone like Hoskins, to go out, I mean, we know that Jesus Aguilar maybe underperformed, and he didn't look as intense, maybe, or competitive. Um, but Hoskins took care of I mean, it's like, it's kind of fun. It's like, yeah, we don't really know this guy, but apparently Hoskins won a couple home run derbies in double A. So it shouldn't have been that much of a surprise that he would come out and hit what, 17 or 18 home runs in the first round, and then even just as many in the second round before Schwarber had a great comeback to knock him out. You know, so, yeah, it's fun to have a mix of your stars that everyone kind of knows, like Bryce Harper and, and maybe Freddie Freeman, and then kind of throw some new guys in there too. So I, I, that was just a lot of fun, and everyone performed. I mean, the players were having a great time. Fans were loud. and I mean, everyone... Well, you like first up or not, you kind of have to like the hometown guy winning a home run derby in his ballpark. So I, I thought that was pretty great. Um, and, and just good for baseball, too. I mean, hopefully a lot of people watched it on ESPN and were like, yeah, baseball's fun. Because we know that baseball's kind of been downtrending for the last decade or so or so in viewerships on TV. So hopefully it's a little rejuvenation. Uh, moving next to the All-Star game. Uh, I'll let you open up, George, to share your thoughts, uh, how you felt about the game. I, I know there's a lot of home runs and strikeouts, but that's that's exactly what I was gonna say. Um, there was a lot of home runs and strikeouts, um, which I feel like is is fun for the home run part. I feel like the strikeouts get a lot of really boring for the fans, but it is you know Scherzer's first inning um, that at bat against Trout. Um, that was a fun at bat to watch because it's I mean it's the best pitcher up against the best hitter. Um, in my opinion. Um, and then, obviously, Trump taking DeGrom deep um, was pretty awesome just because, I mean, those are two. Again, DeGrom is, I would say DeGrom is one of the most underrated pitchers. I mean, he goes out there and puts up zeros all the time. Um, I don't know. I feel like the this is, how many years ago was it that they took out the, the playing for um, home field advantage for the World Series? Oh gosh, that was recent. It was very recent, and I feel like last I, year or two years ago. I don't. It was very recent, but I don't. I mean, I can see why they did that, um, but I honestly don't like it because then it gives the All Star Game like it's meaningless. Um, that's one thing that I felt like baseball had going for it was that the All Star Game actually means something in. Like it, it had repercussions that would uh, either help or be a disadvantage to um, a team in the World Series, uh, and that kept it competitive in my mind. Um, I do like how it's more of like a fun thing now, though. 
because um, like you you got uh, Bryce Harper mic'd up in the outfield, um, which I'm gonna give a lot of respect to Bryce Harper here, telling everybody that uh, he thinks that Mike Trout's the best player in the game. Um, I wouldn't have suspected Harper to say that, just because I feel like I mean, just from I mean, I obviously have never met Bryce Harper, but just everything that I've heard about him um, and me living out in D.C. and getting like the locals' perspective on it. Um, it's more of a, it's, it's, I have a lot more respect for him now that he can, um, admit that Trout is one of the better, is the best player in the game, um, and not trying to put himself on a pedestal, but, I don't know, that was just kind of my take, I thought that, I just, I listened to that interview that he had, and when he was playing center, and I thought that was really interesting. Yeah, I agree, it's, it's kind of fun, I mean, I actually kind of, I kind of, disagree on the whole exhibition thing though i mean i did enjoy that the all-star game meant something of who gets home field in the world series but at the same time the al won every single i mean al has just been crushing that all for 20 years oh that's and, not true though um well, what's like the overall i mean al has an advantage of a recent but the overall i saw like a, something on twitter or something yeah overall al is up by like two games or something i know they were tied going into this game i think oh it's only one game then okay well i mean the al as long as for my lifetime i feel like the al has dominated year in and year out and i'm a minnesota fan so i'm in that american league i mean i know don't give me a hard time any listeners i know the twins have not been in the world series since i've been born i get that i was born in 93 so i don't need to hear it it hasn't helped me at all but I, I mean, I've liked that it, it meant something. At the same time, I still feel like it's competitive baseball. I mean, pitchers just still going out there and hucking. And, I mean, maybe the approach is a little bit different for hitters because home runs get so much more attention nowadays. It's like people don't go to the ballpark to watch singles, but I do. I like watching good swings on balls, and I don't like watching loopy, long swings and tons of strikeouts. It just bothers me because I'm – fundamental kind of maybe a little bit old school now which i don't think i I don't view myself as old school but the whole i think there was 25 strikeouts yeah and 10 home runs and 10 and right 10 home runs you're like i mean so it's a 10 inning game so you have 60 outs on either side and almost half of them are strikeouts yep i mean i don't know and then and these are the all-stars so i get it so pitching can tend to have an upper hand a little bit, at least as far as the strikeout category. We know that more nasty stuff, and they can also game their pitch into three guys when some of these starters are used to spreading out everything over six innings at least. You know, it's just so it's a little bit different, but yeah. But still, didn't Brielle's get a chance to come in? Didn't he pitch a shutout inning? Yeah, he pitched a shutout inning. Huh? Got through some trouble. Huh? Um, I think Yachty came in to pinch hit with someone on base and put it to the warning track in center, but Hey, that's all right though. Yeah, that's fine. We're used to that. He's always in trouble. He's been in trouble all year long. He always works out. Yeah, his whip yeah, yeah, his whip's a little bit higher. Yeah. So that's that's kinda of thoughts about the All Star game though. I don't know. I was just happy for baseball. I mean we had some drama too. I mean a blown save from the guy who has what the most saves in MLB this year, and I think who ten home that? runs. And, who blew the and save I, again? I forgot. 
I think it was Diaz. I think Diaz was pitching in the ninth. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, he was. Oh, he's got like what thirty-seven saves or something. Yeah, ridiculous he's nasty. Like that. He's really good. But yeah, Seattle went so many one-run ball games. So I mean, yeah, that's bad. But yeah, he blew a save, and then we had some extra inning drama right away. So it was. I don't know. It, it was a lot of fun. Um, I'm out on the East Coast now, so the game just got done super late. I mean, that I don't know. If, I thought the game was going to start at 8 a.m. out here on the East Coast, and there's just so much. I don't know. I, I shouldn't be disrespectful to it, but it took forever to the game to get started. So <laughs> I was up super late. I was really tired the next day, but whatever. Worth it. Anyway, that's our also game thoughts. Um, I think we should we should take some time to talk about the trades that have happened. I know it's still mid-July. We've got a couple weeks to the deadline here, or at least about, I don't know, 10, 11 days. But I'll let you dissect the first couple of trades. We'll start with Manny Machado, though, because that was the first one that started a break. Then also game, they started interviewing him and like, hey, this might be your last summer in Orioles jersey. What do you think? And he downplayed it all. And it's pretty cool, calm about it, saying, like, hey, I'm just trying to enjoy this. But now we know the trade's official. We've been traded to the Dodgers. Want to know your thoughts about that trade, George? Um, I feel like it's really dumb for the Dodgers, to be honest with you. Like, they're... <sighs> Obviously, is going to be a rental, and everything that I've read in the past day uh, and watched on TV has confirmed my viewing of him as a rental. Because um, there's no way that they're going to move Corey Seager to a different infield position. Um, I know there was talk about maybe moving him to third and then moving Turner to second, but I just don't see them doing that. And plus, Machado's going to be incredibly expensive, and they're going to want to save that cap space for when Seager is up for his big contract. I think he's on arbitration next year still. Um, but in my mind, Seager is much more of a valuable player. Um, and just because of the surgery that he's having, it's on his arm. I mean, he's having Tommy John surgery. Um, I don't think that's going to affect him much. He should be able to start. I mean, I don't. He's. I feel like he's going to come back um, pretty strong. Um, and not uh, next year. I mean, he might miss a little bit of time next year just with recovery and stuff if there's any complications. But I feel like it was just a bad trade for the Dodgers. Great trade for the Orioles because the Orioles are terrible right now. They're not very good. Everybody knows that. They needed to trade Machado. Um, I feel like they, if they would have traded Machado last year, um, they would have gotten a bigger package for him just because he wouldn't have been so much for, of a rental. Um but they got Diaz, right, that outfielder, um, as the yeah. headliner for the trade. Um, who, I mean, he's a, he, what is he, like, number four prospect in the Dodgers organization? Yeah, um, he's one of their top five. I know that. Yeah. So the Orioles got five players, which is what they need right now, is they just need, they need bodies that have talent. Um, and then hopefully one of them will develop into being an effective big league player. Um but the Dodgers are kind of going for broke, which makes me think that the that that they almost think that their window is closing, or they're just really mad about not or about losing that game seven last year, um, and just want to make a, get a difference maker in their lineup. Um, I just don't feel like it'll work out for them very well. 
um, just because they are kind of blowing their future with top with five prospects that they could possibly use. I know they didn't give up their top prospects, um, but still, I, I mean, I know he was a good fit there. Um, I would have liked him to go to the Brewers almost better. I feel like he would have been way more effective as a Brewer um, and would have helped the Brewers a lot more. Um, but I don't know. I felt like... I felt like the Dodgers gave up a lot to get a player that they're only going to use for 80 games, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think that's fair. I do. I I think I'm leaning a little bit more towards it being a potential win for the Dodgers, but we know it's hard to just say, Oh yeah, this trade is a win because if you know, if they don't make the playoffs or make a deep run in the playoffs, it's certainly not worth it, but they didn't give up all of the best prospects. And we know they're actually, I mean, they've got a pretty mix, uh, pretty big mix of young and old on their team, but we know that they have a, a decently young nucleus. Yeah. They have a young core and Seager. So I mean, Puig is still pretty young. Um, Bellinger. Yeah. Jock Peterson, Cody, oh, Cody Bellinger, of course. I mean, he's rookie last year and Jock's pretty young. I mean, they also have Monty yep. coming up. And, I mean, however long Matt Kemp can stay relevant again. They've got Osmani Grandal, Turner. I mean, they, and they've got so – they have a six starters right now in their rotation. I mean, I feel like their pitching might take a step back because we know that Kershaw's kind of having injury issues. and Yeah, Kershaw's and been very still Kershaw, this year. But Kenley's velo is dropping. He's not quite the same strikeout, perfect ninth inning all the time anymore. Like, so maybe, I mean, as I feel like on the field, they should stay relevant for a while, you think. Yeah, and it's like, I felt like they needed it in the bullpen more so on the diamond. Right. Because they, right. they have pieces that they can't put in. Like, Chris Taylor can't play shortstop, and he has been playing shortstop. You know, Kike Hernandez can play shortstop, and he has been playing shortstop. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not like their shortstop have been severely underperforming. So I'd feel like it's just kind of a waste of of a trade. Like if you're gonna give up those prospects, I would have gotten some bullpen arms out of it. Yeah, I thought that they might try to throw the combination of Britain in there too, but I guess the price they probably the Orioles are probably just asking for another top prospect or something. They said, all right, whatever, we're sticking to Machado. So I don't know. I do think it's interesting. I you know I'm not completely against it just because the NL does seem open. I mean, the Dodgers are a half game up in their division. They're 53 and 43. The Diamondbacks are 53 and 44. The Rockies are 51 and 45. Only two games behind the Dodgers. And then the Giants are 50 and 48. So four games behind the Dodgers. So their division is still pretty tight at the top, but it's definitely winnable. I mean, I feel like everyone would say it's the Dodgers division to lose. I feel and, like the Dodgers are going to come out on top. I don't think any of those teams are going to rival. Like, I mean, I feel like they're having very good first half, so I feel like they're going to fall off. But. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. I mean, I I picked the Dodgers at the beginning of the year. I think I'm going to stick with that. But also, the Dodgers are only, what, they're two games behind in the win column behind the Cubs, but they're five games behind in the loss column. So they've played, yeah, so it's like a few, they're a few games back of the Cubs. So, I mean, they're in reach for having home field throughout the National League playoffs, too, potentially grabbing the number one seed. So, I mean, I think that the National League is pretty open, and we know that no one has kind of run away with it. So, 
I really don't blame the Dodgers for trying to take a, a big move. And they're also probably were weighing the, the cost of what if Milwaukee picked up Machado and got a big bump or what if I was the Phillies or something like, I mean, who knows? So they, they probably wanted him and they also didn't want him to go to another contender. So, I mean, I, I understand the deal. He is a game changer. So we'll see. But I, I think we're a hundred percent agreeance. It's totally rental. And we can see that more than ever because the Dodgers infield is pretty crowded as it is. And I mean, maybe the owners know a little bit more than we do about the, the ALNL DH rule because we know it's dissolving. It's going to when, so maybe thinking like, Hey, we could keep him trying to stick around and they're going to lose a DL this year or not the DL, excuse me, the DH position after this season. So, I mean, who knows? That's like, I feel like that rules change as a ways down the road still, but I don't yeah, know. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. So let's talk about Brad Hand now. We know Padres closer, pretty good reputation, stats to back it up under contract for this season and the next season, I believe. Yeah, and a very club-friendly contract. I don't think it's for that much money either. Uh, right. So, so he goes to the Indians. So what do you what do you think about this trade? I think it's a bad trade for the Indians. Um, for this reason, the Indians picked up two relievers in it, um, which they need bullpen help, but they gave up their their a big part in what they feel like can help contribute in the future in Francisco Mejia. Um, they don't have a catcher right now. I know Jan Gomes is having a really good season. Um, well, really good. He's hot. He was hot for a couple weeks. He's still not. I mean, he great. was an all star. You know, was he really? Yeah, Jan Gomes is an all star. Yeah, that seems like a joke to me. Yeah, they put him in there sorry, after, after Ramos is hurt. Okay, let's say sorry, any Indians fans that probably hate me now, but I mean, I mean, it was, what he gets. It's it's Jan Gomes. I mean, he's a good defensive catcher, but his bat is rough. Like, yeah, I was gonna say, like, what's special about a two twenty and I don't know what seven hundred, seven twenty or something like OPS. I don't know. anyway. Yeah. Yes, good defensive catcher, but he hits seven in the lineup for a team. Whatever. Anyway, go ahead. Sorry. So I know that there. I mean, Tyler Naquin's having a good season for the Indians. He's kind of fallen off of, as of late. He had a really good start. Um, I know they got Bradley Zimmer in the outfield. Um, Francisco Mejia also is an outfielder, too, along with being a catcher. Um, and I feel like in today's day and age of the versatile players, um, like Bellinger being able to play center field and first base and stuff like that, Bryant being able to play third base, second base, and all outfield positions, I feel like the versatility is huge. And especially for a player to be able to play all three outfield positions and be able to catch um, is incredibly valuable, in my opinion. So I think that this trade kind of shows how desperate the Indians are to win right now um, because Andrew Miller has had a bad season. It's been injury-plagued. It's not been good. They still have Greg Allen in the bullpen. Um, Cody Allen or Cody Allen my bad uh, and I feel like when they get to the postseason they're I mean Kluber they're, they don't they're not going to use all their starters in the postseason 
So Kluber's going to be a, a bulldog, as he was last year. Um, Trevor Bauer is going to be a huge part in the in the rotation this year. I feel like they could move like a Mike Clevenger to the bullpen in the offseason or in the in the in the playoffs. Yeah, and they still have Carrasco as their number three. Trevor Bowers come up this year as a rookie. So yeah. I mean, they could keep Clevenger if they want to go four D. And it's it's also, uh, it's it's Beaver. I think you're tight. You said Bauer. It's it's Bauer. No, it's Beaver. Trevor Bauer is. Oh, been, Beaver. Sorry, yeah, Beaver. thank you. Sorry. Yeah, there you go. Um, yeah. So I don't know. Yeah. I feel like they kind of just sold away like a a player that could be like a kind of like an impact surprise player for them in the next couple of years to kind of give them that boost if they if they're starting to 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 kind of pan off in the next couple of years if they lose some guys due to free agency. Um, I don't know. I feel like it's a great deal for the Padres because the Padres now, you know, they're building around a base of um, Will Myers and Eric Hosmer and um, Hunter Renfrom and Manuel Margot. They got. Mm-hmm. They have a lot of really good prospects in the minors. Um, I feel like it was a great move for the Padres. I feel like it was kind of a desperation move for the Indians. I feel like they could have given up maybe a less of a highly touted prospect to, to get a decent reliever. Um, that's that they because they don't. I mean, Brad Hand's going to be helpful. I just feel like it's they the, the the price was too high. They paid a way too high of a price. Yeah, you know it is tough. They did pay high price. They're kind of they're looking at Andrew Miller, Brad Hand, and Cody Allen for seven, eight, nine. I think they've been holding Andrew Miller back personally. He had a really rough start to the beginning of the year, some back spasms, back spasms and knee issues, and yeah, everything pretty much and. He pretty much got shut down in mid-May, and he he looks like he was supposed to return right after the All-Star break. He pitched, had a little rehab outing. I think it was a sim game or maybe even a minor league appearance. They're now saying it's going to be a couple weeks, but honestly, I think they're just trying to save him for August, September, and October, really. I mean, they're not trying to rush him back. So I do feel like their bullpen could just be – it could be devastating for teams. I mean, they're pitching. They're clearly trying to fortify – all nine innings of baseball, which we know that could be very tough. As a hitter, you feel like you get no breaks. You're seeing nasty stuff, nine innings, game one, two, three, four, five, et cetera. Like that's, that's, I mean, as a hitter, that's kind of demoralizing when you never see an easy arm. So I do think it definitely helps Indians, but I mean, you and I both agree they're, they're probably the fourth best team in the AL right now. Behind Red Sox, Astros, Yankees. I mean, you could even argue. I mean, Seattle, the Mariners have a better record than them. You could argue the Mariners are better than them too. I mean, I don't think either of us would go that far because no, Mariners are going to fall off. They've won too many one-run ball games. Right. Like it's just not yeah, the metrics not sustainable. Just don't support Seattle to continue to win at this pace. It's just not realistic. And the Oakland A's even have a better record, so I should say these records. So Seattle is fifty-eight and thirty-nine. Oakland is 55 and 42, and then you see Cleveland at 52 and 43. So I know Cleveland right now has the sixth best record in the American League. We know that they have the high potential, and that towards the end of last year, they just caught fire and rolled off. I, I know there's a pretty big winning streak, uh, a lot of games in a row, and then 
I mean, they're definitely probably going to run away with the division, but it's just hard to imagine that they would take out some of the very powerful teams in the American League versus if they were in the National League, I would put them as favorites. Honestly, I probably would. Yeah, because, I mean, but I, I like the Brewers this year, too. Um, the Brewers are good. I feel like there's I, – I don't want to get too much into this, um, but with the whole hater situation, um, I feel like there's going to be – I know that the players have handled it pretty well, saying that, you know, that was a long time ago, we're going to work through it. But even so, I feel like that kind of wears on a clubhouse. It could maybe affect the, the what's going on on the field. Um, but I don't want to I get... think with the right management, I think Council's pretty smart. He's always a respectful baseball player. I think he could be a glue. He could hold them together and say, hey, how much, how much dumb stuff did you do when you are 17? I mean, you and I were both, we weren't like... Josh Hader. I mean, no one can stand by what he was saying. It's pretty bad. If you haven't read it, I mean, just run a Google search on Josh yeah, Hader. I don't, don't want to repeat I mean, it's, anything it's that he said on this show, obviously. Um, no, we're, we're clean. That is that is not clean content, so we are not going to go there. But, I mean, it's not entirely excusable. I get that. But also, it's an opportunity for a girl to say, hey, you know what? This is adversity. I was an idiot. I'm sorry. I made mistakes. I know I need to change, and I have changed, and I'll continue to change. And girl, grow up, mature, treat people well. Men, women, any race, religion, etc., and just take it from there. So, uh-huh. you know, it was it was kind of sad to see because he's a pretty big name in baseball this year with the best K rate this entire season, one of the best we've ever seen. It's pretty nasty. But I don't know. I yeah, we can talk. We're, our next podcast, we plan to break down the NL. So we, our first episode, we broke down the American League first half, and today we're taking a, a little break from that. We talked about the All Star Game festivities, home run derby, and a couple trades. We'll get to the National League the next week uh, because we definitely have some thoughts. We've got a lot of good content because it's pretty pretty open for discussion and debate here. Um, but before we wrap up the podcast, just want to leave. A couple minutes to say thank you to the listeners, anyone that's following along with us. Uh, George, you want to leave your your Twitter for anyone just in case they want to reach out to you with any comments or encouragement? Um, You can actually follow the Jackson Ram Twitter. Um, It should be just at Jackson Rams um, podcast. Um, You can tweet us or um, give us a follow. More than likely give you a follow back if you want to DM us any questions or any um, topics that you want us to discuss on here um, we will definitely try to get to all of those um, anything else you want to add Sam uh, I think that about wraps it up I think it's another good episode for us uh, we're, this is the first podcast that we've ever tried to start uh, but we really want to be fan oriented so if there's anything that you guys have uh, we'd be happy to reflect that and we're just a couple guys I know Logan couldn't come in today um, another friend of ours, Jordan, still hasn't been able to tune in yet, but we just love coming together to talk baseball. So if anyone that wants to talk and help contribute by throwing some ideas to the show, we'd be happy to hear from you. Yep, and uh, you can also find us on SoundCloud, and make sure you leave comments um, on our podcast page in the iTunes store. Um, just let us know what you're thinking. All right, thank you, George. Podcast number two in the books. We'll see you next week. Yep, see you later.